Good morning. Uh, last week, we started talking about uh, how everything that we uh, need for godly living is found in knowing God. Not in knowing about him, though that can be part of it, but knowing him like we know a friend, uh, where we can talk with him, we spend time with him, and that the more that we uh, get to know him well, the more we become like him. That we've, we've made a commitment when we chose Christ, when we committed our life to Christ, we were choosing to become imitators of him. Thank you, honey. Um, one of the ways that we can spend time with God and to know, and to know him more is by worshiping, as we, as the little intro video had. Um, we see this throughout the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament. We see examples of how God does amazing things in conjunction with our worship. Um, we see in, in Chronicles, um, Second Chronicles, the enemy armies of Israel were destroyed. The very, it says the very moment that the singers of Israel began to sing. Also, we see that Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, when they were praising God, the prison shook and the doors and the shackles were opened. Um, we see in Psalms that even when somebody is alone, they're, they're not with a friend, they're, they're just praising on their own, they experience God encouraging them and refreshing, refreshing them and giving them strength when they feel despair. How many of you here in times of grief or sadness or even anger or exhaustion or despair have turned to God in worship and have seen your sorrow turn to joy from seemingly out of nowhere? This is, we've, we've had this experience with God, not just a, a reading about, but, but there's a real personal uh, experience that we had where we know that God is real because he showed himself to us as we met with him and spent time with him in worship. Some of my most memorable experiences that I've had with God have been connected to singing songs or listening to praise music. Um, there's something about worship that seems to quiet the distracting thoughts in our mind, and it seems to help remind us um, who God is and to lift him up, as I was talking about before, to lift him up as, a, as our, our priority, as our, as our head, as the, as the thing that we put at, at top of our lives. Um, there's so many things today that are, that are demanding that top place, and worship helps us to elevate God into that top place. Um, worship can also uh, be something that we can use when we're feeling attacked by the enemy. Uh, worship is, is a weapon that we can use that, that disrupts and, and uh, defeats the attacks of the enemy. Um, worship is a powerful way for us to spend time with God. Another way that we can spend time with God is in prayer. Um, we're encouraged many times in the Bible to pray. We're to, we're to pray in Thanksgiving. We're to pray for our needs, uh, to pray for wisdom, to pray for others. Uh, in fact, uh, we're encouraged in Ephesians to pray at all times on all occasions. If we seek God in prayer, he promises that he will hear us and that he will be with those. He'll be in the midst of those who gather in his name to pray in the name of Jesus. And he will give peace and wisdom to those who ask for it. There are promises when we go to God in prayer that we will experience God. It creates an opportunity for us to experience God speaking to us, um, blessing us, and blessing others, and it's a way for us to get to know him personally. 
Um, sometimes we can be too quick to, to pray uh, our thoughts and then walk away. But God wants to commune with us. He wants to, to get to know us. And if we sit in that silence for a while and give, give our God a chance to speak to us, we can be encouraged and we can get to know him uh, in, a, in a, an experiential way instead of just in a, what, you've, what you've read in the Bible way, which is, is great to know, but is better to experience. Um, uh, we can also read God's word um, in a, and, and reading it in a prayerful way that is asking God to speak to us as we read it. We can find that those words become alive to us. In Hebrews chapter four, it says that the word of God is alive and powerful. And in second Timothy, it says that it is God breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Uh, last week, we talked about the difference between having general knowledge and having uh, experiential knowledge uh, from just reading about something or someone or actually being at an event or knowing someone. Reading the Bible can be more than just reading about God and getting secondhand knowledge from the writer who experienced God because the word of God is alive and powerful and because we have the Holy Spirit living in us, this helper that was promised to us, um, he can teach us what the word says and he can make those words become alive in us and, and speak them to us that in a way that they're real to our, our lives, where we're at, the things that we need in that moment. Um, when you read the Bible prayerfully and you allow God to, to speak those things to you, it's in those moments that you find that you're not just sitting alone reading about God, but that you are actually experiencing him take the word of God and, and implanting it in your life in a way that it, um, that it becomes part of you, in a way that it be, brings healing, in a way that it brings strength, in a way that it brings equipping. And so uh, prayerfully reading the word of God and, and experiencing God through that. The promise last week was that as we spend time with God, getting to know him and, um, and growing in an intimate relationship with him, that we will receive everything we need to live godly lives. There's a saying that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians that says, bad company corrupts good morals. But the opposite of that is also true. Being in the company of the one perfect God establishes good morals and allows God to influence us, uh, influence us to become who it is that he wants us to become. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with uh, the way the word influencer has been used recently. Uh, out as far as social media avenues and stuff, the word influencer is being used to describe people that have a large following on some sort of social media, media platform, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or um, some one that I haven't heard of yet. Um, in many cases, it means that there may be tens of millions of people that read this person's thoughts and, and posts. Um, the part of being an influencer or the, having the status of being considered an influencer is that it's believed that these influencers have the ability to influence the behaviors of people. And, and the main thing that people seem to be interested is, in is their ability to, uh, to affect purchasing behaviors. And so that's how the influencers make money on, on YouTube by promoting different things or having things advertised um, near their posts. But uh, 
but they have an influence. And one of the main ways that they are able to continue to have a major influence is because we have these smartphones in our pockets and they have notifications on them so that every time they put something new on their site on their platform, on their page, uh, we get a reminder to check and see what that thing is. So whether it's the, the first thing you do in the morning or whether it's throughout the day, we continually have a way to be reminded that there's some piece of information out there that, that we should be influenced by, that we, that we need to check out, that we need to read. Um, in a day when there's more voices than ever that want to be an influencer in our lives, it's important for us to remember that there is one influencer that we need to follow daily. And his name is Jesus, right? He is something, uh, he has something for us every day. We talked about the word of God. Um, he has something for us to equip us, to uh, correct us, to encourage us, to sustain us, to strengthen us. Um, and if we are going to, uh, if we find out that every day we we start the day or throughout the day, we're, we're going to check our favorite social media place because we feel bored or we feel down or we're looking for some encouragement and and we go to that more often than we go to Jesus, uh, we have to ask ourselves, what is the bigger influencer in our lives? Um, we just started a new year and I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but when you're online, you may have noticed uh, an uptick in uh, advertisements for gym memberships and uh, diet miracle pills and whatnot. Um, Many people this time of year make a decision that this is the year that they are going to achieve their health and weight loss goals. And though with most New Year's resolutions, now that we are to week two, it's probably well forgotten about. But there are some people who will achieve their goals. There are some people who will make a plan um, they'll set out reminders, they'll, they'll have a clear path, and they'll, they'll try and remember what that thing is, what, what it was it that, they, that was their motivation for starting. What was their reason? Why, why did they want so badly to go down this road? So that when they start to get tired from the, the day-to-day of it, they can be reminded of what that was that they wanted to accomplish in the first place. What was the reason? Um, there was obviously some sort of reason it wasn't for fun. I don't know a lot of people that, that, uh, that try and exercise a lot for fun or try and diet for fun. Um, but when they, if you don't have that motivation, if you don't have that reminder, eventually you kind of forget what your big goal was and you end up right back where you started. Now I'm not trying to start any of you on a weight loss plan or sell you a gym membership. Um, I, I'm not even here to tell you something that you don't already know, um, but uh, I'm here to remind you. Uh, I know we've all heard that we should pray. We all know that we should read our Bibles. Um, we just talked last week about how important it is to remain close to God so that we can grow uh, more and more like him. But we also read last week in verse 5 uh, of Second Peter, I don't think I had Matt grab that one for me, but it says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. So one thing, one of the things that we do uh, when we make an extra effort, when, when we're making every effort to do something, is we find some way to remind ourselves to continue to do it. 
Uh, like I said, many of you know these things um, that I'm sharing, but the scripture for today says, um, basically Peter says it doesn't matter if you know it. He says, I'm going to remind you anyways. And we see that's kind of a theme, both with Peter and with Paul, that it is important to be reminded of the things, even the things that we know. So Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 12 says, Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. Someone who is trying to lose weight may know why they made that choice. They may even know how to go about doing it, but it is helpful sometimes to be reminded of the reason why they are doing it, what their end goal was, to keep it on the forefront of their minds. You can know the goal in the back of your minds, but if you're not thinking about it in the moment that you're going to eat something or in the moment that you're supposed to go exercise, if you don't have it in the forefront of your mind, it affects its ability to impact your decisions and how, how you live out uh, the purposes that you had planned in the past. Um, moving on to, uh, actually, we're going to go backwards. <laughs> so in, in light of Paul talking about reminding, we're going to go backwards. We're going to look at uh, verse 8, where he says, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sin. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really among those God had called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Verse 8 gives us two roads. It gives us two different options. We can either grow and become productive, or we cannot grow and be short-sighted and blind. So I don't know about you, but I think I'd rather be considered the growing and productive than the short-sighted and blind. Um, but, sorry. Verse 10 says that that means that we need to work hard. Um, some translations say to be diligent or to strive. We're reminded that we're reminded to be diligent because, as I mentioned before over the last couple of weeks, that this is a process. This is something that's going to continue throughout our whole lives. And if we're not diligent, if we don't continue to put that motivation in the forefront of our minds, um, we're going to end up in the ad other category. Um, it says that if we don't remain diligent to these things, it says we have forgotten that we have been cleansed. And that, I mean, if you're not growing, if you're not moving forward, if you're not remaining in an intimate relationship with him, if you're not becoming more productive and more useful, we've forgotten that we've been cleansed. We don't have that, that motivation at our forefront. If there's one motivation that we need to hold on to as to why we're going to diligently um, pursue God, it is because he has cleansed us, because he has redeemed us, because he's made us right with God, and he's brought us from death to life. God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even though he was completely innocent, 
He suffered and died in our place, paying our penalty. And if we keep reminding ourselves of God's great love for us, that he saved us, what he took us from and what he's brought us to, if we keep that in the forefront of our mind, that motivation will keep us pursuing God. That, mo- that, that knowledge, that understanding of how great God is will serve as a, as a reminder that we want to serve him and bring glory to him for all that he has done for us. 1 Peter 13 through 15. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live, for our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life, so I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I am gone. Even though many of us have been Christians for a long time, and we know a lot of things in perspective, I guess it depends on what you're comparing to, but, uh, but sometimes we feel like we, we, we know a lot about, about Christianity, we know a lot about our faith, we know a lot about God, but that doesn't mean that it's not helpful, uh, especially for the important things, to be reminded of them. As a child, um, or even as an adult, uh, sometimes it can seem kind of annoying when people remind you of something that you already know. Uh, I don't know if you've ever, if, if you know what I'm talking about, but um, like if you're, if, if I'm doing something with a fire, you know, and I'm messing around with fire and somebody behind me is saying, be careful, it's hot, you might get burned, you know, I'm like, well, duh, you know, like, thanks. You know, not, I wouldn't respond that way, of course, but you might, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, but you might have seen somebody respond that way before. Um, <laughs> this might happen once. Um, aren't you supposed to be teaching Sunday school? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, um, but there are other times when you're when you're. You're doing something with the fire. You maybe had something in the fire. You took it out. You set it aside. You kind of forgot that that thing was in the fire because you're busy, distracted, and you go to reach for it. And somebody says, "Hey, be careful! That might be hot." Um, now all of a sudden, you're grateful <laughs> that they reminded you because you know that they just saved you from some pain of getting getting burned. Uh, as we see in the next couple of verses, Paul is well aware that even when we don't think that we need to be reminded, it is still good for us to be reminded. We'll look at 1 Corinthians verse 15, uh, sorry, chapter 15, verse 1. Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. Okay, so he's going to remind them of something that they've already welcomed and they're already standing firm in. But it was, it was so important that, that he wanted to remind them. They're standing firm in it, but he's going to remind them anyways. He's going to make sure that that stays at the forefront of their minds. It's something that they're never going to forget, something that will always be um, standing in a place of motivation in their life. Um, we see this again in Romans 15, 14 through 15. It says, I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well, you can teach them, you can teach uh, each other all about them. Even so, I've been bold enough to write about some of these points, knowing that all you need is this reminder. For by 
for, by God's grace. I think that's going into the next verse. But even though they're full of goodness, even though they know it so well that they can teach it, he's going to still give them a little reminder just to keep that fresh in their mind that it's always going to be the guiding point in their life. Um, I was thinking about at, uh, at my last job, uh, we dealt with electricity a lot and we'd have these, these uh, safety trainings and they would talk about how um, there was kind of a, a weird um, curve as far as how long somebody has been in the job and their likelihood of experiencing an, an ac- experiencing an accident. In the very beginning, they're new and they might experience some sort of electrical accident, or a little um, getting shocked in some way. Um, after, after they've been in the job for a little while, they've learned enough that they're careful. But then after another period of time goes by, they get so comfortable in their job, they get a little complacent, and now all of a sudden there's a little bit of an uptick where people are more likely to get hurt again. And so... Um, this is why even those who've been in the faith for a long time, even when we know we know who God is and we know the cross, we haven't forgot necessarily. It's in the back of our minds, you know, but is it motivating you on the day-to-day? Is it, is it affecting how you're handling different situations? We need to remain diligent. And sometimes uh, we need some accountability in that. And we see... Um, Paul gives us an example of, of how he was an accountability partner for Timothy when we look at uh, 1 Timothy 4.14. says he tells, so uh, this is 1 Timothy. So he writes to him, he says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift that you've received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Okay, so this is already a reminder. Timothy was there when they laid hands on him. So this is a reminder of that Occurrence, but then we move ahead to Second Timothy, chapter one, verse six, and says, "And uh, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God had lit, um, that God gave you when I laid my hands on you." So again, he's reminding him. So he reminded him once in First Timothy. He's reminding him again of the same thing in Second Timothy. Paul knew what Timothy's calling was. He knew what God wanted to use him for, how, how he wanted to use him, and he wasn't afraid to keep on reminding him to grow and grow in his faith, to, to bring to completion the thing that God had started in him. So I think we all need a Paul in our lives. Now, Angie, Angie's not in here. I was going to say she's not off the hook um, just because she's married to Paul. She has a Paul in her life. What I mean is that we, we need someone that uh, we can talk to about our relationship with God, that we can say where we're at, the things that we're struggling with, or what it is that God is speaking to us that he wants to do in us, that he's started in us. Maybe he's planted a seed, and that seed needs to be, needs to be nourished, and we need to keep on um, working towards a goal um, that God has started in us. Uh, if we tell somebody, if we have a Paul in our lives, um, they can remind us of these things so that we can continue to grow in them, um, continue to add to that foundation of faith, these different virtues that God maybe is trying to develop into us. So, um, yeah. Um, God has always recognized that mankind needs reminders. 
He's from the very beginning. God knew that we needed reminders. If we look way back um, to the flood, immediately after the flood in Genesis nine twelve through thirteen, God said, "I'm giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is a sign of my covenant with you and with all of the earth." You would think that something as big as the entire earth being flooded or God promising never to destroy it again would be something that you wouldn't need a reminder of, something that you wouldn't forget. But here we are 4,000 plus years later, and there's many people who are convinced that it is a myth, some sort of a legend. But to those in faith, the rainbow serves not only as a reminder that God's not going to flood the earth again, but it's also a reminder of his provision a preserving mankind that we might have a chance to have a life and have a relationship with him. We also see reminders established within the nation of Israel. Um, throughout their history, we see people setting up monuments, um, both to remember their commitments to God and also experiences that they've had with God, where God has shown himself faithful to them. Twelve large stones were set up alongside the Jordan River to remind the nation of Israel how God had stopped up the Jordan River so that they could pass into the promised land. Jacob stood up a stone as a pillar, as a memorial to where God had renewed the covenant that he'd made with Abraham with Jacob. Um, Samuel, in a place where God had helped them to overcome the uh, a massive Philistine army that they should not have been able to defeat, but by God's power, the Philistines were defeated and Samuel placed a large stone to remember how God had delivered them. And then uh, one more example, Joshua, after he'd led the Israelites um, into the promised land and they've been there and this is just before he dies, he he leaves a challenge to those, um, those who are in the land, to the nations and the tribes of Israel not nations, just tribes of Israel. Um, he asked them, will they commit to serving God? Will they forsake the, the gods of the surrounding nations? And will they commit to serving God and God alone? And after the people responded uh, with the commitment that they would serve the Lord God, Joshua said in uh, chapter 24, verse 26, it says, then God said, oh, that's not it. Maybe I don't have that one. Um, so Joshua twenty four twenty six. Joshua recorded these things in the book of God's instructions as a reminder of their agreement. He took a huge stone and he rolled it beneath a tree, a terebinth tree, um, beside the tabernacle of the Lord. Joshua said to the people, this stone has heard everything the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness to testify against you if you go back on your word. So this stone presumably was in a place where you normally find it in nature and Joshua took it and moved it to a place where it was obvious that it was not, you know, wouldn't have ended up on its own so that every time somebody saw it, they would be reminded of the covenant of the commitment that they had made to God. Um, we do that same sort of thing in marriage, right? We take a, a stone and we put it someplace where we wouldn't normally find it in nature we place it on their finger. Um, I think that it might be, you know, a little bit more cost effective to just stand up a rock in the front yard. But <laughs> I, I think the women 
kind of like the situation as it stands, so... Um, Um, God has taught the people of Israel the importance of being reminded of God's covenants. Uh, God taught them that they needed to be reminded, and and whether it was something that God told them to do or whether it was like um, like Jacob did on his own, he chose to stand up something to remind him of what God had done in that moment. Um, maybe you've been reminded of something that God has done in your life, or maybe there's something that you want to remember or you want to make a point um, to remember. Um, so maybe there's some way that we can do that in our homes if, you, if you're not doing it already to set up some sort of a reminder. You, it wouldn't have to be a stone in your front yard, um, but you could have some sort of a reminder your fam- to you and to your family that you have committed your life to him and to serving him and to growing more and more like him. Um, in in uh, the nation of Israel, God also established different feasts and festivals and sacrifices as reminders of their relationship um, and of the mighty works that have been done on their behalf. There were daily sacrifices, there were monthly sacrifices, yearly sacrifices. Many of them were done in conjunction with feasts and festivals. God used them to continually remind his people so that they would not forget. Um, we've seen as we looked at the writings of Peter and Paul, we saw that, that even in the New Testament, God knows that we still need reminders. Um, one of the examples that we have of this is Jesus began the ordinance of communion, one that we still take part of, or take part in today. Whenever we take communion, is an opportunity for us to be reminded of Jesus Christ's sacrifice and the cleansing and the new life that we've received through him. Also established in the New Testament, um, and, and not that they didn't meet together in the Old Testament, but we're reminded again in the New Testament that we are to meet together. Um, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Uh, I've read this many times before, but it's one of my favorites. Let us think of a way, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. It is by meeting together that we have the opportunity to remind each other, to keep each other growing in their faith. Um, when we encourage one another, um, and it's said to motivate one another, these are ways that we remind each other of who God is and what he wants to do in our lives. The Holy Spirit is another way that God established in the New Testament for us to be reminded um, in John fourteen twenty six, it says, But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. It is the Holy Spirit who reminded the disciples of the words that Jesus had spoken to them. And today it is the Holy Spirit that lives in us that reminds us of the word of God that we have either read or we have heard. And it amazes me sometimes how um, I can be in prayer and there's verses that I don't remember ever memorizing, but when I'm seeking God for encouragement or direction, um, these verses the Holy Spirit brings to my mind. He brings light to them. He helps me to remember. Um, and so we have the Holy Spirit to remind us. And the Word of God itself has been prepared and preserved as a reminder for us. 
Um, the Bible is like a buffet. It's, it's a banquet of all of who God is, all of his promises, and it's available to us all day, every day. Um, and, and the great thing about the Bible uh, compared to other, you know, sometimes we can wrestle with, you know, was that the Holy Spirit? Was that my own desires? So especially if something is really important to you and you kind of have an idea in your head of what you want God to say, sometimes it's hard to decipher whether God is, is saying one thing or if you're just hearing what you want to hear. And so the great thing about going to the Bible to know about God and to know what he's saying to us is that it's always God. It's always true. It's always right. Um, we don't have to worry about um, whether or not that verse was really meant to be there. The, the Bible is our in, unfailable, un, infallible uh, text that we can go to uh, when we need to know something from God or we need encouragement from God. <laughs> The word of God is something that we can trust to be a perfect influencer as we strive to grow in the virtues of our king. Uh, I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're going to go back to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when we received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard the voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Um, here, Peter is referring back to an experience that he had had with Jesus. And we're going to jump back to that experience and find out what that was um, back in Matthew 17, verses 1 through 8. It says, Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, and he led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it is wonderful for us to have you. It is wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I will make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus. So after referencing this, so he's talking about this amazing experience that he had with Jesus and hearing the voice of God. Um, 2 Peter 1.19 says that because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and, the, and Christ, the morning star, shines in your hearts. Peter had a personal experience with Jesus 
an amazing, powerful experience that demonstrated to him in an unforgettable way that the message of the prophets was undeniably trustworthy. You could, you could, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they were trustworthy. And so he encouraged his, he encouraged these uh, believers scattered throughout the Roman area. Um, he encouraged them to look at the prophets, look at what the prophets said, and look at how Jesus fulfilled all of these prophecies that, the, that, that were made by the prophets. These were not stories that were made up. All of these things that happened were expected events. These were events that were planned before, before Jesus was born, before they were born, hundreds of years earlier. It was let a, we were made to know. God, God made the plans before creation. He knew what was going to happen. But hundreds of years before they happened, the prophets declared what God's plans were. And he's saying, go and look at what the prophets say and see that this is real. This is God displaying his power to us. This is God being brought as man. This is God um, coming to save the world just as the prophets proclaimed. Before we, uh, before we close, uh, I want to kind of go back and I want to hit uh, the idea of, of, of having reminders in our life one more time. Uh, so before we dismiss, before we do this last song, uh, before we go out into a world that is full of uh, influences and influencers, I would like to offer this one last thought. The Bible says that we need to daily take up our cross and follow him. That means that every day we need to deny ourselves and we need to say no to, to our own will, our own nature. And in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray to give us this day our daily bread. So every day we need to ask God to give us what we need for the day. We need to depend on him for our provisions for that day. And if you're like me, if you want to start a daily habit of, in this case, laying down your, your own life and to trust in God to direct you, you might need a daily reminder. Maybe many of you already have something like this, but that might mean um, putting a reminder in your phone so that you set some time aside every day to worship or read the Bible or spend time in prayer. Or maybe you need to make a note right now so that when you get home, you can put a Bible next to your alarm clock. So the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning is that you read a few verses. Or maybe um, you feel like you want a reminder for you and for your whole house that you've made a commitment to God that as for you and your house, you're going to serve the Lord. The same commitment that Joshua made. Uh, you could put up a stone in your front yard, which would be kind of a cool way to remember. You could put a plaque on your wall. You could find some other creative way where something stands out that, that can be a reminder to you every day, every week, throughout the year, that you have committed to being an imitator of God, a seeker of God, and that you're doing it because God demonstrated his love for us, because God died for us, because God took us from death into life, and he has promised for us a home with him in heaven. So lastly, I want to remind you, 
to, to remember that God has not called us to walk this walk alone. Uh, he's, he's done two things. He's done many things. But he's given us the Holy Spirit to walk in us. So when we daily ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to help direct us on what to do, to, to give him time in prayer or reading the Bible to speak to us, um, the Holy Spirit is there to remind us of the things that God has spoken in the past. And also, God has given us each other. So, um, talk to a Paul in your life. Create a, find somebody to be a Paul in your life, somebody that you can talk about uh, what God is doing in your life and things maybe that you need encouragement in or things that you don't want to forget that God wants to do in you or through you. Uh, if you have any ideas that have popped up in your head during this message, or maybe you have ideas right now of something that you could do as a reminder, I want to encourage you that um, whether it's now or whether it's doing, during the, the worship song that we're about to sing, feel free to, to take a note. If you need to, pull out your phone, put a reminder in your phone so that we can be reminded to put God first. So we can be reminded uh, to establish these habits, these things um, that will help us to grow in our faith so that we can, instead of being unproductive and blind, we can be useful and productive and bring glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We've decided to follow you, Lord. Lord Jesus, I just pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us. Lord, I'm thankful that you have the power and ability to remind us of your word. Lord, to instruct us, to encourage us. I pray that you would help us to uh, set up reminders in our life um, so that we don't forget, so that we can continue to strive, that we can continue to work hard to serve you with all that we have, Lord God. Thank you. Amen. I don't want anybody uh, to, you know, snap back at me if I tell you this, but love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Right? That's our goal. You've heard that before. I know, I know I'm telling you something you already know, and don't be annoyed. Um, just remember that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all that is within you. So as we go, let's continue to grow, not forgetting the cleansing that Jesus did in our lives and let his love that he displayed for us motivate us so that we can go in the power of the Holy Spirit and that we can become influencers in this world by displaying the love of Jesus Christ and the glory of God to it. Amen. Amen.